0: I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the latest in our series of spoiler Special Podcasts. This one is dedicated to Patty Jenkins' Superman, the first Avenger, sorry, Wonder Woman. Uh, and it is a first, relatively speaking, for the Empire Podcast because we do not have an interview with the director, Patty Jenkins. But you guys wanted us to talk about the movie. We wanted to talk about the movie because we love the movie. And so here we are. So joining me over the next hour or so to talk about Wonder Woman are two of my very own... Do it, do it. Wonder Women. Hey. Oh. <laughs> fresh from Themis itself. Please welcome Themis Kira, Helen O'Hara. Hello. And Empire's Editor-in-Chief, Terry White. Hello. And then, last but not least, the himbo of the podcast, <laughs> the eye candy, if you will, it is James Dyer. Thanks, Chris. You all right? Yeah. Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. Uh, our very own Steve Trevor, or Trevor Steve.
1: <laughs> James is very excited about this one aren't you James? I like he this
0: yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm going to own this now unlike the last uh, Spoiler Special Podcast dedicated to the uh, movies from the DC Extended Universe we like this film don't we? unlike Suicide Squad and to a lesser extent Batman vs Superman Colin Dawn of Justice a similar extent if I'm honest yeah I like that film the three hour version is better I mean but, I've
2: seen it and I disagree but sure yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's Man of Steel there's good things that happen in Man of Steel Anyway, we like this film, don't we? Yay!
2: Everyone's happy about this. And in fact, I've liked it more each time I've seen it. Mm.
0: I have too, although I'm still a bit fuzzy about the last 20 minutes. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because you guys have DM'd me questions via Twitter, Seven pages of questions. Now, some of them will be covering the same ground. So if we don't get to your question, it's not because it's rubbish. It's because someone else asked something similarly first. Now, we're going to be jumping all over the film with these questions. So I will say, before we get into the discussion, this is a spoiler podcast. So if you haven't seen Wonder Woman, then highly to your cinema, check out the movie, and then come back and listen to the podcast. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Seven Pages of questions. Where should we go? Here we go. Random order, okay? Random order. With a David Thewlis question. From Talica. Did a CGI augmented, moustache-wearing David Thewlis work for you as a physical incarnation of war? Also, if Wonder Woman... Oh, here we get into it. Here we get into it. If Wonder Woman was an MCU movie... Where would you rank it? Oh, Ooh. two for one. Two for wow. one for Mostallica. All right, let's take the, the David Thewlis question first. Uh, what do we think? What do we think of, of Thewlis as Ares, God of War? It was a terrible experiment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it was just a question of which of you was going to use that phrase. Tomorrow
0: yeah. on you terrible experiments. I will say one thing about <laughs> this movie. It was great. You're actually reintroduced to my David Thewlis impression. So
3: that's good. <laughs> oh, thank goodness yeah. for that. This, this, this was my biggest bugbear with the film actually uh, he works in the role as it begins and then a as Sub the Patrick. god of war Morgan you know, he's Morgan just I mean it's that bit where, where you see him as Ares in classical Grecian times and it pans yeah. down to a fucking porn stash sporting Thulis <laughs> freshly fallen from Olympus
0: and you're just like
2: really? I have an important question is that actually Thulis' upper body beneath that face? I imagine mm, has never
0: seen an upper body like that. <laughs> that. What? what like no, pectorals. Come, come I don't that know what they are. Um,
2: I would like to uh, suggest a crazy, geeky point at this point. Sir Patrick Morgan could be a reference to the Irish goddess of war, who's the Morrigan.
0: Uh, and I would like to think that's the case. <laughs> no Look,
2: way. Tr- I I choose to think that they were that clever in the name. Shut up.
3: Should they not? <laughs> let's be honest. Have morphed him into another actor. At the point where you discover he is the all-powerful god of all. isn't there a
2: danger there that you morph him into, like, you know, someone who is not The Rock but looks like The Rock, but then that person is a less good actor than David Thewlis, and then everyone complains about that? I think that is genuinely your your sort of danger there.
3: But CG augmented Thewlis is... No more impressive than um, non augmented Ulysses. Um, I mean,
1: it was, abs- there's just a bit when you're sat there and I was like, I know I'm meant to be taking this seriously. And I enjoyed the first two acts so mm. much. And I kind of want to shut my eyes and pretend this isn't happening <laughs> because the <laughs> sheer absurdity of it. And you're trying to reconcile. And as you say, you know, you believe him mm. originally and then you're like, you can't, oh my God, he's meant to be the God of War. Oh my God,
0: he's meant to be the God of War.
1: And he's meant to be seducing her to the dark side. That is meant to be, yeah, it's actually like, his power. It goes
0: Jedi at that point. It does it? go Jedi. Jedi. Come on. Work with me, Diana, as we says
1: The big of things were attaching to him, and he was becoming this all powerful thing. And the moustache yeah. was still poking know, through in his I eyes, which was well, not
2: coming through. Yeah. The tash is at least because I, uh, I was a Twitter follower, uh, wrote about this. Uh, Kate McDonald, hello, Kate, uh, wrote a big piece on all the sort of. Anachronisms in the film. His moustache is not one of the anachronisms. That is period That's
0: perfect.
2: That's solid. That is solid. That is there. Solid.
0: Thul- I think Theulus was wedded to the tash i I'm not. I'm not <laughs> fucking losing it. I don't want to lose it. You cheeky monkey. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm keeping it. There's a, There of course are uh, other questions that that spin off from Theulus and Ares. And um, mm-hmm. we are starting with the end of the film. But this was the big downer of the movie for me. Uh, The fact that the first two thirds of this movie, um, not even the first two thirds, the first two hours of this movie are fantastic. I I loved it and I was floating on air and I had a big goofy grin on my face, as I say in the Empire Review. And honestly, at one point I was kind of leaning towards five stars with this movie because I thought it was doing everything right. And then David Bloody Thewlis turns <laughs> up as the god of war, monologues for a bit and then turns into a shit Magneto and and it turns into a big CGI punchathon thon that doesn't I really it, catch fire.
2: I think the big problem for me actually watching it, so the third time I watched it was on Sunday, which was after, not to bring the mood down horrendously, after the <laughs> London attacks. And everything they say in that scene really rang true to me that uh-huh. morning because mm. it just felt really much more powerful in a, in a horrible way. Uh, I think the, big Problem is maybe the design. The design is terrible uh, for the. Because uh, everything he's saying and the sort of yeah. the actual, the emotional intensity of that scene is actually pretty good. It's just what you're watching doesn't work. It's, I think yeah. as a villain, because he's not.
1: If you remember, he is trying to expose a truth about humanity, right? And yeah. that truth about humanity is it's riddled with hypocrisy and that. This darkness lives within us and he whispers in people's ears. He that's what he does. And that kind of seduction element I thought was really interesting. And obviously that's what she then wrangles with, which is, you know, actually humanity is flawed and mm. it's problematic and people aren't always good and there is evil within the world and all of those and I really liked all of those themes but he was just rendered terribly like it was farcical and, and that so undercuts the the really great stuff that's happening from a thematic yeah. perspective. He was
0: used to saying things like I will destroy you and it's just oh really? If he's
2: just like let's imagine for a moment they hadn't put him in any Mm armour he'd still been like throwing big things at her so she still has has to deal with stuff but he's just standing there in quite a cool coat would that work better?
3: Yes I think it Mm would have been more intelligent I think if you're going to Position Ares is actually sort of the, you know, the whisperer, sort of like pouring poison in people's ears. However, if you're going to have him armoured and attacking Wonder Woman, you, it's a different archetype. You can't, that doesn't work. You can't suddenly clad him in steel and have him sort of hurling things. Yeah. I think pick one
0: or the other. It would have been more nuanced if he'd been more sort of cerebral and less physical. Well, I actually think, and we talked about this the first time, second time we saw it, did it need an Ares at all? Did it need the God of War twist? Could it have been that there was no god of war and that mankind is just this fucked up instrument that just has good and bad and we're inclined to war without that's, David Thiel is pushing us towards That's it? more morally
3: interesting, but I think that almost it makes the Wonder Woman character is slightly more farcical because she makes yeah. her seem like an idiot. Um, whereas I think it's quite interesting the way we think if... she's an idiot and everyone thinks she's an
0: idiot, but actually it turns out she's right all along. I don't know if it does make her an idiot. It makes her, she has this belief in Ares and then the fact that she, re- if she comes to realisation that there is no Ares where he was defeated years ago, or it's just a fairy tale. After all, this is a movie where she gets lied to constantly, From well, at least from, from the beginning, she's lied to again and again and again. I think that would have been an interesting Point in her development as as a person. Had this Ares not turned out to be real, the problem, of course, is that she's so powerful that they needed something for her to fight mm. <clears throat> on a similar power level, and that's a problem well, it's, with all these movies. It's have. a problem
2: with yeah. It's a problem with Superman. It has been for all these years, yeah. um, and uh, and. Yeah, it's a big, big issue, and it's going to be a big, big issue for Justice League because if you have problems coming up with a bad guy for mm-hmm. Superman or Wonder Woman on their own, uh-huh. well, good news, guys, there's more of them. Yeah.
1: And, and isn't that point in her development? Isn't that dealt with by the God Killer Sword? Because ultimately, you know, she thinks that is the thing that kills gods. But obviously, what she rev- finds out is that she is the God Killer, and that strength. From her, with, is within. So I think it's really handy for there to be a something for her to mm. kind of bounce off and have that realization. With I think the battle was just handled terribly, and it was very much a BVS mm. kind of. Uh, kind of battle without up. there was one shot there was one aerial shot which I'm pretty sure was actually just BVS kind of like (laughs) with a different colour thing but on treatment put at the top Um, so for me it really helped that there was something that a physical thing a person whatever we're calling him which enabled her to kind of accelerate that journey and have that realisation about her power as a as a woman but also as a demigod
0: Mm -hmm. and and also once she kills Ludendorff her role in the film stops she she stops at that moment and there's uh, there's one we'll talk about later on I think where she has this moment of doubt and weakness when she's confronted by Steve and Steve says help help and it feels a little bit out of character for me with, with Diana's response but uh, at that moment she would just stop and Steve's story would continue and he'd be off you know, getting on the plane and stuff, and she'd just be standing on a roof going, I am not sure what I'd do anymore. So they needed something yes. for her to do. But I wonder if that maybe was something that they could have fixed at the description. instead. A random thing that stuck me with, with me while watching that, which is just, I couldn't work out why they'd
3: included this. So when she kills him, she leaves the sword embedded in the corpse. Yep. Mm. And then when she faces off against Ares, she reaches for it and it isn't there. And then the next shot is just of her ankles as she plops back down, having presumably gone up to retrieve it. Yep. And that just seemed like... a. I mean, why? Why leave it? Why have that in there? It seemed a very peculiar little thing.
2: I was worried when she left the the sword in there, so I was glad that they showed her. Yeah, I was. I was (laughs) glad they showed her actually dealing with it. But I guess he wasn't worried. He didn't have to Mm. stop her getting it because he wasn't scared by it.
3: No, I just I just found it an odd thing because if you were gonna, if it was going to be a thing, make it a thing, and if it's not a thing, why have it in the movie? Take it with you. I think at that
2: point you're still supposed to think it is a thing.
3: It's a basic thing. If you have a weapon, you don't put it down.
0: Who who saw the God-killer twist coming and who saw the Thewlis twist coming I remember Nick December oh, leaned over to me about halfway through and went <laughs> it's Thewlis <"It's> <laughs> isn't it it's Thulis. I went, yes well in yes, fairness
2: I, <laughs> I guessed from the synopsis they gave me on set and I talked Nick through everything I knew on set <gasps> so yeah, that may have been in the back of his mind it somewhere. was blazingly like obvious
3: seconds. I tweaked it the second he walked on also he the was being, second he well, the best really? second he walked on but he was being really? so shifty
2: oh he was in looping mode he was in nice guy oh,
3: mode oh he was and he, he oh, clearly God had help his, help his own him. agenda yeah I'm going to help you for no obvious reason uh, no it was yes very very very
0: telegraph. you all need to
2: watch more Harry Potter
0: how do you have David Thewlis in your movie and not decapitate him that's just the one thing I'm going to say the man's been decapitated on screen more than anyone else pretty much so just lop the head off tash and all uh, right second part of this question from Mustelaga. if Wonder Woman was an MCU movie where would you rank it <laughs> that's that's Problematic.
2: Somewhere pretty close to <laughs> Captain America: The First Avenger, if I'm honest.
0: Okay, okay, we top five.
2: Uh, that is top five for me, yeah.
0: Oh, really? What? Yes. Oh.
2: Yeah, I said it. What's wrong with you? I love it.
0: It's a very good film. It's a very good film, James. What the first Wild, Avenger? Yeah.
2: Wildly underrated film.
0: Yeah, yeah, Wildly. it's it's fine, just not as good as most of their other. Well, films. given it, given that this movie is Captain America: The First Avenger <laughs> for the most <lowest> part, <laughs> with a lot of Superman and a little bit of Thor. And a little bit of Monica. No, I it's, think this is yes. I think this is better than the first Avenger.
3: I I don't think it's on a doesn't have with, a musical number. With, no, it doesn't. That's More true. the pity. I don't think it's like on a par with the top tier Marvel movies. Uh, but uh, I think it's I think it's it's a solid sort of upper middle tier one. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I'm I'm pretty happy with it.
1: I think ultimately that we can't. Although I did l- love this film, I think the the last half an hour is is caused some serious mm. harm for me and just how much I. I did love it, and I think that makes it really difficult to argue mm. against some of... You know, a lot of the Marvel... You know, Think about Cats in America, it's just so brilliantly executed from top to bottom, and there was such significant flaws in the last half an hour of this film. I think that makes it really problematic. Can it, somebody just remake the last half an hour and just do, <laughs> do us all a massive favour?
3: In many ways, its treatment of the war is arguably a little problematic. Do you know what I mean? The well, way it kind yeah. of resolves to the hugging and the, oh, look, let's all be friends. Uh, that's... Uh, I don't know. I I found that quite uncomfortable. But this given... is the
2: war where the two sides played football against each other at Christmas. Very true. Yes. Very true. So, I, I, yeah, I I know what you mean, and I but I I don't care. I <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and, and rightly so. And rightly so. Because... No,
2: Helen O'Hara no comment yet. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just, true. I feel like I feel like yeah. You can absolutely and and. The, the tweeter I mentioned has, has done a great piece picking apart its treatment of the war, deservedly so. Um, you know, she is ultimately killing conscripted men who probably don't want to be there when she attacks the, the trenches and goes through the, the Belgian town. Um... There are lots of things that wouldn't make sense, like German High Command being just behind the front on mm. the Belgian border and having lots of invited guests in fancy costumes come to join them there, because the fighting continued right up until the last minute. You know, uh, so that seems a bit odd. Uh, but at the same time, like thematically and in terms of the storytelling, mm. none of that really bothered me so much.
0: I thought it, I thought it would bother people more than it did. I, I wrote a line in my review that the the fact that it does detour mm. into World War One and it does not just World War One but the No Man's Land and yeah. the Front mm. and you know mustard gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially war crimes. I thought that might have caused some issues. Now, yes, there have been some people who've had some problems with it. But uh but by and large it's a little bit like Indiana Jones fighting the Nazis mm. in mm. in those movies um or 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 Steve Rogers fighting Nazis and Hydra in in the First Avenger, or you know, Blackadder, a comedy yeah. set in World War One. You know, although I, I I did want to see Field Marshal Haig, Lady Haig <laughs> and their tortoise, Alan. <laughs> it's a shame. Um,
2: and I do, I do think that the fact that Ares was British as yes. it were, does detract some, somewhat from the comparisons to, to World War Two because she's coming at it like it's World War Two, mm. actually. And she's coming at it like the Germans are just the bad guys. That's what yes. she's been told by Steve, which is what he believes, and he has no reason to really
0: believe I've, otherwise. I've, I've lost count the number of times I've pe- seen people say the word Nazis in, in regard to this movie, because yeah. people mm. don't know. It's they don't not, yeah.
2: N- yeah. And, and both sides were, I mean, I think we can all agree, now we're passed for a side treaty, but like both sides were equally to blame for World War One, and we can get past the war guilt clause and all of that. Uh History. Uh, But uh, I just don't think that... I think the fact that Ares did turn out to be on the the British side does somewhat undermine all of those kind of criticisms. Mm. Because it does show that it was both sides.
0: And also, I I have to say, I I think the moment that she does cross into no man's land is... A fantastic moment. Super, I think it's, it's it's amazing. Really well judged. The action sequence that follows afterwards. Because it's a very interesting thing about Diana's progression throughout the movie, and I'm sure you guys notice as well, but the fact that, you know, it's about her learning and it's about her her mm-hmm. beginning to trust in her own abilities and her own powers and along the way. And that's the first moment I feel that she is beginning to really explore what she can do. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a it's a really triumphant moment. And the fact that I think Patty Jenkins handles the tone shifts really well in this film. The, the tone shift from Themyscira, am I saying that wrong? Themyscira. 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 I've only seen the movie three times. <laughs> Themyscira, Paradise Island. Uh, <laughs> so the tone, of, the shift in tone from there to London which is more comedic yeah. and then the shift to the front and where you see which I thought was really bold and brave, the effect that it has on the people who fought in the war. And you see that you know when all you know, the soldiers come towards are injured, there's a bloke with his leg off at one mm. point. Ewan Bremner's character has yeah. PTSD, essentially. I thought it was really interesting. And then in the middle of that, to have the courage to have a full on superhero striding across No Man's Land, deflecting bullets with her incredible bracelets and, and just being generally awesome. Really brave, and I think she pulled it off.
2: Well, she had to fight for that scene's inclusion, but I agree, I think it's really important. There's a there's a great line, and I'm sorry, I don't remember where I read it, but it was, if you want to stop an asteroid, you call Superman. If you want to solve a mystery, you call Batman. But if you want to end a war, you call Wonder Woman. <laughs> and and that scene is what really sells that side of her character, that she she is a warrior who is adamantly opposed to war, and that is... That is the scene that shows that that's what she was built to do, essentially.
3: Also that feels like that's the bit where her agency comes to the fore because since they leave the island, Steve's been kind of calling the shots and yeah. the directions and at that point she just says no and she refuses to go along with him and she's like, yes, I understand what you're saying about the broader strategic objectives but this is a human problem, I have the solution and I'm going to go and kill some people. Well, not kill them, but you know what I mean, go out there and she wants to make a difference, she wants to save these people and even if the laws of physics are temporarily suspended at that point, um, I really liked it. That, that was a proper like, adrenaline pumping, rousing, get up and... Yeah. You know, punch the air timer. I
1: think I said to you, Chris, like the only thing I wish is the music kicks in. Obviously there's I was surprised at how little the music is actually used in this film. And it kicks in at the scene afterwards. Mm. So I was expecting it when she kind of goes over the top, I was that's Ooh. when I was expecting it to kick in because exactly that moment, that is the moment she becomes wonder woman and she's no longer diana and that is such a magic moment and yes physics are suspended although we were talking about a a wired piece about the science of her bracelets which i will be reading this evening um (laughs) but it's the it's the one afterwards where she goes full action she crashes through the window and the music kicks in and that's obviously Mm. meant to signify and symbolize that this is her becoming Mm. and she is now wonder woman
3: I I think the judicious use of that electric cello was well thought because they could have really, really hammered Mm. that. Mm. But I agree with you. I think I would have liked to have seen it the second she goes over the top for her big push. That's when I'd like to have heard it. I don't think that would have worked.
2: Yeah, I think tonally, I think it would have been out there. There there, there are echoes of that melody in there, but I I don't think... If you'd gone straight in at that, I think it would have been weird. Well, I
0: suppose because, really, she's just running at that point, not... Also, that's a very propulsive very driving piece of music and I yeah. think yes. she's walking in slow motion that doesn't for me it wouldn't you need quite to shoot it slightly differently yeah, yes, yeah. I think but, but it, I, I, I think that, that theme is fantastic I know it defied people I've had some oh, people on my Twitter feed it say they fantastic. absolutely hated it when it when it came into the, in the movie but I think it's great and I think it's really interesting lots of superheroes have themes she's the only superhero I can think of who has an instrument <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can play Superman's yeah. theme on anything. You could play it on, like, you know, Glockenspiel if you wanted to. You could play Batman's theme, any of them, on different uh, instruments as well. But that, yeah. that's an instrument. And, and that really chimes. And uh, I think it really works. Should we have a second question?
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're going super well here.
0: Christ. Uh, at Frank and Palmer asks, did any of you tear up slash nearly cry? And at what point in the movie? Uh, I didn't cry, of course, says Frank and Palmer. And then says, honest. Which leads me to believe, Frank Palmer, you're a liar and you did cry. I will say... Yeah. Literally, what we've just been
3: talking about. I did feel myself welling up slightly when she went over the top. I found myself feeling very emotionally overwhelmed at that point because I think it's just very poignant. And I think if you, you know, read a lot about the First World War and you know the, the significance of what going over the tops traditionally meant, i.e., mass slaughter and suicide, uh, I just thought it was a very powerful moment. So yeah. yes, that was my that was my slightly teary
0: moment. Wow. Okay. Cool. M-
2: me too. Also, just the mascara at the beginning. Also, uh, the end where she just leaps off. The Louvre, that was awesome. Just generally The Louvre,
0: yeah. Not not the
3: Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was like, was this is a, a, a credit thing that I missed. <laughs> Wonder Woman having a wee, and then no. So uh, I,
1: I did full cry when um, uh, Robin Wright died. Um, yes, that too. And that moment, and I loved the stuff. At the, so this, and I, I don't know if this is actually a gender specific thing because um, Helen's probably the only other person I've spoken to who who found the first kind of half an hour super emotional. I found it really touching that kind of community of women um, and the relationships between them. And then when she is obviously shot by the Germans, that bit was actually yeah. like ripped my soul out. And I found that death scene a hundred times more emotional than Steve's supposed, we presume, death scene at the end. Yeah. Um, and that for me... And what actually, one of the things I found disappointing, this is jumping forward slightly, one uh-huh. of the things I found disappointing about the film is when she summons um the kind of love within her to be able to win the war at the end... It's the love she has for Steve that is kind of the thing that fuels her. And I that that actually really irritated me because mm-hmm. I thought it should have been the love the the love of other women and the love of sisterhood and the love for her aunt who just basically sacrificed herself for you. That should have been the thing that drove her. These are women who've raised her, who've committed their life to her, who've spent their lives trying to protect her and train her.
0: But she's bored with them. That's know. that's oh, what you know. She spent how hundreds you. of years, if not thousands, with them, and then this guy comes along, and he's excited and, and fresh. And look at <laughs> you know. that hair man. Yeah, it's like. definitely above but, um, average. Um, the
2: uh, the other thing about the, um, the the scene at the beginning, the battle scene with Antiope, her grin when she goes, like everything Robin Wright does in that scene is 100% perfect, like it is <laughs> so good. And her grin in that scene is just amazing and it, you can see a direct line from that to, to Wonder Woman in Batman v Superman.
0: There's a the moment where uh, she does the shield thing yeah. and she leaps over the three German soldiers and there's an amazing shot of her in slow motion turning around and firing the three arrows at the, at the German guys. I turned to my wife, drinking game, I turned to my wife and said, Imagine that being the last thing you see. You'd you'd almost <laughs> die happy. It'd be like, oh, okay, I've been killed by a goddess. I'm fine. It's all right, guys. Yeah. Um. I thought, yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, those characters, that scene, that whole segment for me is analogous to the Krypton segment in Superman the movie, mm. and then moving to you know our hero moves to Planet Earth, quote unquote. Uh, and I think it does a similar job. It doesn't blow up in the same way, obviously, that that, that Krypton does, but. They have very limited time to get those character types across and those archetypes across in the same way that Marlon Brando's Susanna York and yeah. had with the the Krypton moments. I think they do a really really good job of it. God yeah. The, but the the point you make about the emotion that Diana feels when Steve dies and not when and dies is. I think it's 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 very much a tradition going back to Star Wars, you know. Mm-hmm. Luke doesn't get upset when his aunt and uncle who've raised him die. He gets mm-hmm. upset when the old bloke he's just met <laughs> he gets literally off met like a day ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's fine, but uh, for me, I did I came close to tearing up with when when Steve died because of the the last shot. The last mm-hmm. shot of Chris Pine in yeah. the airplane. Yeah. Looking back, knowing his life is about to end, and presumably the last thing that enters his head is his thoughts of of Diana, and he has a lovely little smile on his face at the end. He I thought just was very moving. She rocked his world. Have you never had that experience where you've met someone and just like instantly just I'm, fallen for them? I mean, I don't know if I have. Never,
2: <laughs> never. Um, I, I mean, do we think he's? Dead, 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 dead. No, nobody think... stays dead in comics. He I... has to be. There yeah. were rumours yeah. that he signed up for more than one film. Well, no, there are, there are a few options for ways we could see him again, okay? Number one, somebody like Eris snatched him from the jaws of death. Probably unlikely. Number two, flashbacks. Super likely. Number three, like great-great-grandnephew. Which I think the TV show did something like that, didn't it? it
0: would be like Captain America getting with the the niece of his long love. Yeah. Oh my god! It, oh, it, oh, no. ooh, icky. Ooh. Um,
2: but what about there was parachute? there was certainly a rumor that he'd signed for more than one film. So. I imagine
0: that was just to distract us.
2: Maybe. Or it's from
0: just the, contractual, depending on what, it gives them options, doesn't it? It, it gives them options. Yeah. But I imagine also, is I imagine one of the appeals of this role for Chris Pine, apart from the fact that it's a really good role, <laughs> is it's a one and done. Yeah, and, you know, as Kirk, he was signed on to three, and that does dominate your life. These movies dominate your life. They mm. dominate yeah. our lives, for the love of God. I imagine <laughs> what it's like if you're in them. Uh, and I imagine this is like, this. I get to go in, I get to do really, really cool stuff, uh, and I, yeah, I and mean, then I, I get to... Do other movies? Yes. Where do I sign? Thank you. I think think it's also
2: good that he did sign up because I think a lot of uh, films led by women with a woman's name in the title have struggled to get decent male co-stars. I mean, Aaron Brockovich had a pre-stardom Aaron Eckhart opposite Mm. Julia Roberts, Mm. whereas Julia Roberts plays second fiddle to Tom Hanks or George Clooney. Do you know what I mean? There's a, a massive imbalance there. And so I think it's really, really good that he was in this to begin with.
0: Yarp. Yarp Right uh, Oh that's just Rich asks How happy are you That didn't make Chris Pine Steve Trevor Out to be a Wayne That would oh, be he's, weird he's you know? Steve Yeah We
1: just talk about Steve Like this is This is my other problem His name is Steve many His name is Steve <laughs> Steve Trevor <laughs> And I'm trying really hard, but as we sat around talking about Steve...
3: You realise you've alienated every listener whose sorry name is
1: Steve. Sorry, anybody whose name is Steve. Steve. Nothing wrong with St- Steve. 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 Gummy bears. <laughs> There's
0: nothing wrong with Steve. Steve's fine. Steve gave but, uh,
1: his life <laughs> to save the day so she could save the world, <laughs> the planet. Like, I just can't. I can't. It's Steve. Sorry, that's Steve. a massive distraction, but it's bothered me.
3: It's good uh, enough for Captain America. Yeah, Steve yeah. Rogers. No. Alan. Yeah. What about... <laughs>
0: Clive.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: Keith. Steve Rogers Trevor. No. At Helen Dynamite asks, hang on, there's a different Helen, and she's also Dynamite. (gasps) Wow. A couple of questions here from Helen Dynamite. Uh, Given this record breaking film with a female director and female action lead, can we forget Ghostbusters ever happened? I don't think we need to. I like that film. Mm -hmm. Number two, I found it a bit weird when WW strode out into No Man's Land and basically slaughtered a load of Nazis in lingering slow motion in order to stop the violence. Thoughts? We've covered that. They weren't Nazis they weren't nazis
1: yeah it's also just to say on uh, not on that question it's not a quid pro quo it's not like uh, all films with women in need to kind of be uh, judged against each other
2: true um, and she doesn't really direct her efforts at the soldiers in that scene she she throws is it does she throw the shield or something at the machine gun, mm. Mm. but she doesn't initial like her target is not necessarily to kill as many people as possible. I mean, she does kill a bunch of people. She does, does kill a whole bunch like, of people.
0: Yeah, know. she really does.
2: She's not like er, screw you guys. She's uh, more like er, I will get through this. The overkill
0: yeah. of the moment when she takes out the sniper is quite <laughs> <pretty horrible>. <laughs> <laughs> just, this poor guy again. Imagine that being the last thing you see. it's like, oh great, but kind of happy at the same time. Uh, question three: Do you think this will have any influence at all on how the love interests in future superhero films will be? Written, Steve has loads to do and is capable of doing it, is arguably the braver of the two with his sacrifice. Could you lead to Lois Lane getting more to do next time around than just dropping <laughs> a stick in a pond?
2: <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, he's basically Agent Carter. They've essentially written Agent Carter there and called her Steve Trevor.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the relationship is more Lois Clark than it is Steve Peggy, but, you know, Yeah, I can see. but he's
2: a bit funnier, I guess, than yeah, Peggy is. Well, it although is. she can be very funny. Anyway. She can be
0: very funny, I but think it is. In
1: terms of changing love interests, it may change. I think if anything, it will change supporting male actors' roles, but I don't think it will. I think I don't see it as a love actress. I think more, more, you've got a m- male supporting actor who gets to do heroic things, but also is very much the equal of her. We talked, Helen yeah. and I were talking about this on Twitter, which is. Um, their relationship is amazing because there's parity, and there's you know he doesn't have to become weak to make her or to allow her to be stronger. They both have a role to play, and when he does say, you know, what does he say? I'll I'll save today, and you save
2: yeah the yeah. world
1: or, or Tomorrow, whatever. Yeah. That you know they he they the world, understand yeah. their roles in it, and they are both strong, and they both have functions to play. But it, this is her destiny, and this mm. is her show. So I think that's that's an exciting thing in terms of male supporting acts or male love interests like yeah, just oh,
2: in and of itself a male love interest it's a I've, super yeah. dreamy relationship honestly
0: it really is right, right from the you up, have up this moment where he wakes up and he sees this goddess and he's just gone from that moment
2: is that is that shot taken from the little mermaid was I the only one who thought of the little mermaid at that moment which shot uh, where she's uh, over, she's sort of kneeling over him on the beach it's, a, <sighs> it's 100% Prince Eric and Ariel
0: really I, I think I, yeah. can't, I don't remember
2: That'd when figure. he's just drowned, pretty much. Yeah, because she, cause she yeah. drags him out of the water yeah. and she's finishing so off singing a, the sort of a yeah. little bit of part of your world or something. I don't know. And yeah.
0: I think I think the movie handles her relationship really, really well. I think they're both fantastic. Uh, I love the scene in the boat uh, with all the, the business about why did you sleep with me? And uh, I've read the 12 volumes about bodily pleasure and uh, the pleasures yes. of the flesh. And he's like, did you bring one of those with you? <laughs> yeah. Men are essential for procreation, but when it comes to
3: pleasure, unnecessary. Which I thought was a good line.
2: Yeah, big so, yeah, laughs from the women in the yeah. house at that one. Not so many from the men. It's really it, funny. One of the reviewers
3: referred to that as an inexplicable line in the film, which yes. I thought was quite yeah. telling. Because
2: he thought because he thought that was, and I quote, sexless. sexless. <laughs> which is, I mean, there are pretty explicit relationships actually. If you're if you're actually paying attention to those scenes. Um, Antiope's deputy is clearly not just her deputy. She runs over what? in absolute devastation when Antiope is killed. It's and she's treated very much as sort of one of the
3: one yeah. of the family. It's just procreation that is unnecessary because they're basically immortal.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Hey ho! But they can have sexual pleasure without men and penises. I'm looking at you and your. You have no idea what I'm talking
3: about. That's the representative of penises, right? Okay, fine. Oh,
0: I, I'm not. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so uh, here's my question for the Wonder Woman podcast how do you guys this is from the at the box surfer who's actually one of the people who I had a discussion with on Twitter that that helped us do this Uh, how do you guys think the DCU EU intends to reconcile the characterization of Diana Prince in this film and Batman Superman uh, going forward Mm. it feels like Zack Snyder deliberately made her cynical to fit with his worldview in Batman Superman while her portrayal of Wonder Woman is far from this. I actually think they paint themselves yeah. into the a corner a little bit with mm. the, the whole Batman Superman thing.
2: I think that they are going to more or less totally wreck on that and just ignore it. Um, I think that I mean certainly from what she said when we were interviewing her for for this film. Uh, they sort of realised as they went along that she could never completely lose her faith in humanity and that's sort of what they'd portrayed in Batman versus Superman and they sort of realised, no, that doesn't fit the character, it doesn't fit the story we're telling but it also just doesn't fit the character at all. Yeah. And I think what we're going to see in Justice League is a sort of a, a very softly, softly redux of that whole idea. Um, so I don't know how they'll explain where or what she was doing in the meantime. Um, yeah. I don't know that they necessarily have to. I mean, they could leave that open for future films. We could see a WW2 call on WW2, um, but I, I don't know that but they're going to deal with it. But as you say, you want to end gonna... a war,
0: you get Wonder Woman. Yeah. So mm. people will wonder why didn't she end World War II or well, the Vietnam War or any of the many genocides that have happened on I mean, the planet. I mean, she could have gone years.
2: back to Themyscira in between for a while, for example, and been unaware of them.
0: Can she, can she go back? Someone said that well, she can't.
2: Well, the the wording is mm. is confusing, isn't it? Because she, her mother says, um, you may never come back. You may back. never
1: come back. And I couldn't work out if she was trying to warn her, essentially. Oh, she also, she, she's not going to want her to go and fight Aries because then she may actually discover the truth about her you know, parentage. Mm. And so I, so I read that very much as maybe she wouldn't want to come back or she'd choose not to come back or humanity would change her so much that she'd been able to come back. And that's what I struggle with at the end is why she wouldn't just go back. And then obviously, what, there's 100 years between that and BVS. And in BVS, she says, you know, she left humanity behind because men made a world where standing together is impossible. So my question is, what happened in those 100 years? It feels like something else must have happened if they're going to stick with mm. that yeah. characterization in BVS because it can't be the death of Steve because she ends the film on a really positive note and she chooses, she's suffered this loss, but she chooses to believe in humanity and choose love and do the right thing. So what has happened in the meantime, which has sent her into exile, which is what you presume after watching BBS has happened
2: for the last 100 years, is she's in self-imposed exile, but what has driven her to that? So they could adapt The Circle or something, or one of the Themyscira set comics, to maybe explain that.
0: Could be quite cool. See, I kind of wonder if that's why they have that moment that I had an issue with, where she kills um, Danny, not the Red Skull, she kills... Not the Red Skull, he's absolutely not the Red Skull. (laughs) She kills him... And then she has that moment where she realizes he's not Ares and it's everything she thought was her purpose is actually not the case. And so she has this moment of weakness where Steve comes and goes, look, the war is still happening and people are going to die. Come and help me. And she refuses. And I had an issue with that. And I wonder, though, if that's what they were trying to set up. They were trying to reconcile that Diana with the Diana of BVS who has stood by for for many many years and let terrible things happen you know wars and the libertines and uh, and all sorts of <laughs> terrible bands just happen and she's she's I just wonder if that might be something that they were they were going for there, mm. but then they she's got innate decency and goodness and then she immediately turns around again um where would you go next? A lot of people have asked where they where they should take the character next there has been talk about whether the sequel will be. Uh, contemporary and set after the, the offence of Justice League or whether they'll go into World War II although that would really set the Captain America alarm bells ringing uh, or you know does she fight in the 60s does she take on the Beatles what, what does she What does she do
2: I would watch Wonder Woman versus the Beatles the that Ringo is. of
0: Truth versus the Lesson of Truth would <laughs> <laughs> be amazing
2: um, I, I genuinely don't know I think we probably are going to be looking at a contemporary set story I think that's just probably what's going to happen um, and and so I'm intrigued to see how that plays out and, and how they do explain the middle. If, if she has been back on Themyscira, then you still get to play some of that fish out of water stuff if she emerges back into the modern world. So there, there might be a temptation to do it that way and to explain it that way, I guess. I don't really know, though. That's helpful, isn't
1: it? <laughs> I would love another period piece in the middle I, because I enjoyed that <coughs> aspects of Wonder Woman much more than I than I thought I would even from the trailers I was like "Mm, I'm not really sure about this I loved her in contemporary and BVS but I just wasn't feeling it and I loved it and the stuff on thermoscere I just absolutely loved that stuff and I would love to see more of it and And I suppose for the BVS um, characterisation to be um, legitimate and authentic, to have some kind of story which really explains what she has been doing and why she has, as you say, chosen to sit out those atrocities and those wars. Because you really believe in her and you believe that ultimately she will, even if she does refuse initially, you feel that ultimately she really wants to do the right thing and really believes in the power of love and the decency of humanity. So it feels weird to me to not explore that bit in the middle which may explain some of that that's what keeps me up at night is that bit <laughs> specifically is why she's chosen to sit out in the way she has Ask
0: Colin Best 1978 asks do Steve and Diana board a magical boat that allows them to travel from, from uh, Themyscira uh, which is somewhere in the Mediterranean we're guessing yeah, to eastern London eastern Mediterranean overnight.
2: I'm guessing because he's flying from Turkey yeah
0: and um, that's, not a, that's not a plane that flies a long distance the one he's in
2: no exactly so it's yeah. eastern Mediterranean so close to Turkey yeah yeah so uh That would, yes, seem to be an awfully long way to go in one night. I picked this up with you, Chris, and you reckoned... I don't
0: think it's one night. I think they take several days to get there, and it's just, it's a a magical cut.
2: And they they get that little bit of help at the end with the tugboat giving them a pull. Mm. Otherwise, it's just been some time that we didn't see.
0: Just said a sentence with the word tug and pull in it, and I am not reacting.
2: Is he the (laughs) first man ever to find? um, Well, yes, but I mean... Some of the languages that they can speak, right, mm. wouldn't have existed when they went yeah. into, you know, isolation. So presumably, yeah. like, is they, there somebody who can go on and off the island and, and trade for mm. books and things? Yeah. I feel like there should be, um, but that hasn't been explained or explored at all. So maybe it doesn't exist.
0: I've heard it's notoriously difficult to find, especially for men. But uh, <laughs> But he found it. <sighs> Uh, Yes, I agree. I agree with Helen's theory. Thank you. Uh, This fictional Themyscira of which you talk. (laughs) uh, At OB08, do you think the sword uh, is actually important or was it always intended they would tell Diana it was the weapon and it was put in a pedestal for that purpose? Also, why did Bruce Wayne need to send a a picture via armoured truck? (laughs) Yeah, WhatsApp he's, he's, would have been fine.
2: He's Bruce Wayne. He's known for overkill. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, what, WhatsApp's private, right?
3: Somebody was telling yeah. me it's encrypted. It.
2: Encrypted. Mm.
3: yeah, Just checking. Um, Carry on. My, my. I'm just going to jump in with. I have issues with um, uh, with Connie Nielsen's logic. So the whole point is she doesn't want to tell her what she is because that will make Ares find her sooner, which we can gloss over the fact that that makes no coherent sense whatsoever. <laughs> but if we're assuming that Ares is going to find her, then not training her to fight makes even less sense because she'd be absolutely helpless when he in fact discovered her. So surely from the moment she was born, she should have been turned into a ninja.
2: Well, that's Antiope's.
3: Yes, yeah. and she happens to you be know. right. Yeah. But I just, that, that whole thing irked me slightly.
2: Well maybe it's that she, I mean maybe there's a sort of a prophecy that the wording of which we're not familiar with. Maybe that would it's be a, handy. Maybe maybe Aries finding her depends on her fulfilling her fate as an amazon for example. So she doesn't become an amazon then she's absolutely totally fine.
3: Cuz she's mm. on an island full of warrior women. So she would the world's biggest fifth wheel, you know, completely <laughs> yeah. useless. Yeah. Contributing nothing. <laughs> um, it's a slightly odd. Well,
2: course, there, so- there are senators as well.
3: I bet they kick ass, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is it
1: not part of her, de- her mum's denial, though, as well? Like, this, this sense of wanting to keep her in the dark about who she really is and what her destiny is, and she doesn't want her to fulfil that destiny. I no, think probably it feels true. Like we all have secrets and shame, James, in our families, <laughs> and this, for me, is just, you know, a version of that.
3: OK, I still, I still think it's problematic. That, that struck me as a little bit of uh, woolly plotting
0: that maybe could have been thought through a little better. Just say. Well, of course, Ares doesn't find her. She walks into his office. <laughs> <It's very> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Just, Hello! <laughs> hi! Um, okay, so this is from At Dis Euphoria Film. Is it not quietly remarkable that you and Brenner's Charlie, set up as a crack sharpshooter with PTSD, has his redemption not by making some nigh on impossible amazing shot, but by his ability to sing and, and play the piano?
2: <laughs> I <laughs> think Implomatic that's of nice. The film's
0: humanitarian ethos.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it's nice that it doesn't gloss over the effects of war. I think it's nice that you have, you know, the chief there, um, first of all, speaking apparently the proper Blackrock dialect and claiming to be Nappy the trickster god, which I thought was very cool. Um, but also he's he's talking about Steve's people not being so blameless either. I think that, that gives you a level of, you know... Uh, sort of complexity I think Mm. it's really good that Saeed Tagmui is talking about racism to her Mm. and I was actually surprised I think there should have been a bit more shock on her face at that point because that's obviously not something that exists where she comes from Um, but I like that that Introduced a little tiny bit of nuance to it and it wasn't the tr- traditional this guy can't sharpshoot but now he can so that's good he's got his symbolic penis back you know i think it was great that we didn't actually go that route james where's your
1: symbolic penis
3: <laughs> i don't even know how to answer that question
1: <laughs> But do you think I next worried- to his symbolics <laughs> i was worried that, um, that? <laughs> Oh, <my God. laughs>
3: yes that would have been a better answer oh I
1: I was worried that Americans wouldn't understand his accent at all. Yeah, didn't Trainspotting have to have subtitles subtitles back in the day? Yes, it did. Americans, tell us if you could understand him.
0: Loved Samir, by the way. I loved that scene where they're talking in different languages to each other. Very, very funny. Uh, NC Lowe asks, should all comic book Steves be banned from planes from now on? Yes. (laughs) yes. Uh, (laughs) Don't go in there. Uh, A couple of questions. This is stuff that lots of people have asked, um, but... Uh, at Carton Attlee uh, asked this one first um, Lutendorf apparently is a real person uh, and is it wrong that a real life German general is turned into an over the top cartoonish villain in the film is that rather distracting is it in some way I guess historically weird is it even disrespectful to someone who is admittedly fighting on the the, the bad team
2: I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. I didn't realise he was a real person until now, so I'm... Several
0: people sent me links. I don't know whether it's meant to be the same or whether it's just a coincidence, but they obviously do clear these names. They do check these things out when they're making these movies, so it can't be a coincidence, right? I mean, the real Lutendorf obviously wasn't killed by a uh, goddess.
2: No, but he... Did like join up with the Nazis and then promulgate the theory of total war she that says is looking some at Wikipedia. so so I feel like if we're gonna if we're gonna defame somebody let's defame the Nazi I'm okay with that <laughs>
1: okay. I suppose I'm confused about
2: why you would need to
1: base that kind of character up? on a real life person yeah. it's you know if you're gonna the, there are kind of plenty of i presume o t t uh characterization of Nazis you can dream up as as writers. I, I think it's maybe just a little bit odd and, and I don't know what the motivation would be behind actually it's, doing that.
0: hey Marvel, this is a real person and in no way the Red Skull. Perhaps it's that.
1: <laughs> maybe it is that, James.
0: Possibly, possibly. Uh, again, a question asked by several people but this time from Isaac Moreno. Um, basically asking about the fact that Ares is real and at the end of the movie... When he dies, everyone does seem to suddenly break out of a spell and they're all friends again and the war ends, Uh, which is not what I took the movie to be saying. I took the movie to be saying that even though he exists, the darkness is within us. So what do we make of the end where everyone's suddenly happy, clappy friends again?
2: Oh, well, first of all, I was confused by the timeline there because as she comes into camp, night has just fallen and then she has a short fight with Ludendorff and a short fight with Ares and then the sun comes up. So, I mean, it's n- meant to be November, so that seems like <laughs> awfully, awfully quick. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think you're probably right. There is a little bit of an inconsistency there because they do become good men again, as Diana sort of t- talks about and, and all kind of hug as if a spell has been broken. I guess the idea is that they were artificially amped up by Ares. And so that's been kind of keeping the fighting as intense as it was. And maybe because those so- soldiers have been so close to him during those last few hours, the effect is stronger or something. I don't know. I'm just making up explanations now.
0: It sounds good to me. It, it, I bought it. Uh, at Callum H asks, um, do you lovely people of the pod think this is the start of a change? At DC Studios, uh, will we start to see better films in the DCEU from now on? Someone else asked, would be happy if they just handed the keys to the kingdom to Patty Jenkins? Um, <laughs> I kind of feel that uh, I'd be quite happy to see Patty Jenkins just make another Wonder Woman movie and mm. hopefully get a, a faggy esque figure in at the at the at the top.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be happy to, for her to do whatever the heck she wants at this point. Um, I think this is a symptom that DC has realised that you know grimness all the time is maybe not the way to go. But I think. In fairness to them, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case with Justice League either, because certainly all the footage we've seen has been a lot lighter and frothier. Mm. So I don't think it's necessarily confined to Wonder Woman, but I think Wonder Woman is the first great step forward, definitely.
1: I mean, the first two hours, which I love, just felt like a very singular vision from a filmmaker. It felt like Patty's film. It felt like... Mm pretty much anything else I think from the DC universe and that felt really exciting and actually when it went off track I felt like she was moving away from the film and obviously we're just presuming we don't know what what went on when the film was actually Hmm. um, edited and finished but the, the bits where you could really feel Patty on screen and it was very much a female filmmaker with a very specific point of view um, I thought it was incredibly exciting. But does does that mean she then makes all DC films? No, but I think what she's done for this character and this film and what that says about Wonder Woman going forward and her part in the DC universe is is amazingly exciting. Yeah.
3: I would say Joss Whedon's involvement now in the DCEU mm. probably is a, going to be a more influencing factor at this point. I mean, it's awful because it's it's very tragic, the circumstances under which Zack Snyder has stepped away from Justice League. That said, I think kind of a a change in governorship of this universe is overdue. So, you know, to what extent uh, Joss will have the ability to reshape Justice League, given that much of it is done, I -hmm. do not know. And to what extent he will be, you know, a creative director in this going forward, I don't know either. But I would say this film, Patty's involvement in this and Joss's involvement
0: in that certainly gives me hope that I had not had previously. Indeed, but I think, you know, Zack Snyder deserves a lot of the credit as well, I think. You know, he cast Gal Gadot. I think clearly he yeah. shaped in some way the direction this film was going to go in. That I is think true, it's it's did, become yeah. a rather obvious thing to do for people to just dismiss Zack Snyder's contribution to the DCEU in yeah. general. Um, as for the DCEU going forward, um, you know they announced today that there's a possibility Suicide Squad 2 may be happening soon, starting next year. So they've taken all forward. that goodwill. <laughs> Two steps back. Um I don't know, I mean, I love this film, I think it's fantastic, it's a real step in the right direction uh, after two decent films, the the Superman movies, Man of Steel and Batman, Superman, not amazing, and one downright awful (laughs) nonsense. Um, So I don't know, it much depends on Justice League, and I'm intrigued by what James Wan's going to do with Aquaman, I think he's a really interesting director, Mm. Um, so fingers crossed Mm going forward At Alcorda81 asks I'm baffled by the lack of blood uh, and the idea that it might hurt the rating uh, Jurassic Park in 1993 had a PG rating had some visible bloodshed Wonder Woman plunges a sword into GL who's GL? Oh Ludendorff yes yeah. and not a drop lacks credibility surely um,
2: this is a perennial complaint of mine with PG-13 films which is where they have all the violence you'd expect from any any sort of film and then they just don't put in blood and then they can get PG-13 um, you're absolutely right there should have been blood on the sword poking through the ceiling and there wasn't and that is just what you do to be sure of getting your rating
0: yeah but then again if there if had been blood like how many people die in Winter Soldier like a lot. Like a lot. A but lot there is of people also dying.
2: isn't a lot of blood in that.
0: Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the whole point. But if there was blood, then these would be 15 or 18 rated films. Exactly. And that would be yep. you know, defeating the purpose. But watching something like uh, Raiders, even on TV, again, mm-hmm. there's lots of blood in that. Even the bits they, they clearly forget to cut. But they for, wouldn't, uh,
2: Yeah, they, I'm not sure those would get through. now I'm not even no, sure Jurassic would. Park would get through with it. A...
0: No. Times have changed. Yeah. Uh, back to Hell and Dynamite, because I've just seen this question. Who had the best hat I like Drop Wright's helmet because it looks like sideburns.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's hard to argue with uh,
2: that. Connie Nielsen's was great. She, also, she had that great dress. That was just yeah. awesome. Frickin' loved her outfits. Um, I really liked Wonder Woman's London outfit. I thought that was really lovely genuinely wearable-ish she looked amazing
1: but i did enjoy the fact she was meant to be kind of
2: dowdy and you yeah know, oh don't worry <laughs> nobody's gonna notice you now yeah edda, edda candy lucy was great lucy davis but her line about oh well yeah now she's not the most beautiful woman yeah. you've ever seen because she's wearing glasses great <laughs> is
0: she, fantastic is she, is she beautiful i i hadn't i, I hadn't,
2: think you mentioned it right i hadn't noticed <laughs> she's super beautiful Thank God for Chris Pine being there, but we'd all be turned.
1: <laughs> do you think his head's a weird shape, though? He's, I mean, yeah, he's but... He's got I'm, a head like a 50p piece. <laughs> I'm willing to overlook it, though. I'm okay with it. Has he? Yeah, you know, like... A yeah, lot, it's
0: always in my pocket. like
1: a 50p piece. Look at it. It's weird. And all of his features are confined to about 45% of his face.
0: <laughs> right.
2: I mean, he's not my top Chris, but he's definitely in the top four. Who's your top one, Helen?
0: <laughs> Evans. He's <laughs> number two, Helen. Hemsworth. He's number three, Helen. Pratt. Oh, oh, at least God. number five. Um, <laughs> Laura asks Where the heck was Zeus amongst all this World War I heiress madness? Did I miss something? Did he not fancy helping out his good kid in her fight against his bad kid?
2: He used the last of his strength to set up the walls around Themiscira, mm-hmm. so presumably died off at that point.
0: Yep. Or just Or just buggered off. Or just napping somewhere. Um, Absent uh, Dad. And at Psychic Clown, we've we've talked about it. I mean, the the joke, Superman, the First Avenger, uh, but Psychic Clown says, beat for beat, Wonder Woman is basically Captain America TFA, even down the Steve, a man called Steve, flying to his fate. Yes, and there's a bad German bloke who has an evil scientist as a sidekick, and blah blah blah. Uh, Cap One is one of my favourite MCU movies. This is my favourite DC movie, but is it too much of a copy? No. Great!
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just because like, you've got Themyscira at the, at the beginning, which is very, very different to World War II Brooklyn, for example. So yes. I'll allow it. And a very different character in the middle.
0: All right. Uh, and Goxa Georgina asks, Do you agree that Steve Trevor is the dreamiest and most amazing male love interest of all time? <laughs> all other, time. Other than having hexagon head.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, 50p Ed. Sorry. He seven sides to 50p, James.
0: Yeah. Oh, septagon, <laughs> septagon <laughs> head, sorry. Um, he is legal tender in, in many, many shops. <laughs>
2: uh, I, think, I think he is dreamy just because of, of the <laughs> aforementioned equality and the, yes. the parity between them and, and the fact that, you know, he doesn't patronise her or be annoying and that's just dreamy.
0: But also the relationship, I think, goes to some really interesting places, you know, where she, you know, it's it's very much that rom-com thing where the the lovers can't be allowed to really be together for the final act, so they have to reconcile in some way. There's a little bit of that, but at the same time, there is a sort of ideological conflict, and he is a man who has seen some heinous shit, Mm. and they have that confrontation outside Feld when she blames him for essentially all the people dying. It goes to some places I wasn't expecting it to yeah, go to. It
2: does, and I think, but I think it's good that I, I think the idea was that you know she he has enough cynicism and world knowledge to to kind of impart to her to be useful, but she actually, with her idealism, gives yeah. some of that to him, and I think I think he recovers some part of himself mm-hmm. as a result of that, and I think that's quite a nice idea. Mm. I think that the, the idea that there is an exchange there, and not just. He's not just mansplaining for the film. He's he's very much there. Is very much an exchange of of knowledge and a, a mutual respect, which is really cool.
1: Well, and then he's the one who essentially makes her believe in humanity and love again. Yeah. Oh.
0: And he gives her the watch.
2: Aww.
1: And
0: that tiny thing that tells him what that to do.
2: Euphemism. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, let's be honest. Like they definitely did. <laughs> oh oh yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was kind of disappointed. We don't want to see. R-rated rutting in a <laughs> in a superhero film. We don't want to see that. That's you know, I can't. That's for your fanfic. That's, that's for my fanfic. I'm on chapter three right now. It's really really great. Um, but I kind of wanted to see. I mean, some, we had a discussion on Twitter the about it. You know, like the morning after, someone said that where Steve is applying ice to his nether regions, or or the building <laughs> the building they're in shakes and crumbles and falls apart. You know, there's because other
2: people in there. You monster. But is that how it works, sex with a god? Well, we're getting into mole rats territory now. I was going mean, to
0: say, I mean, I this did. is covered quite
3: extensively yeah. by
0: Jason Lee. I don't think Steve would be able to keep up with Diana. I,
1: I, don't don't, I don't think, I don't think I don't, he
0: would be able to.
2: I don't think I sex with a... Mm. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I don't want to speculate too much, but I just don't think... I think they'd be able to figure it out. Yeah. It's not like
1: sex with a vampire. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Because the superhuman strength of vampires would hurt you as a mortal, but I'm not sure if that... I think you can control it more as a god, can't you, than a vampire?
2: Yeah, probably. And she's probably had some, you know, practice back on Themyscira, probably. Mm. Anyway. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Okay, Uh, a couple of last ones Uh, from CM Grigg. Uh, What about Ludendorff? Is there something else to him? Is he just a bloke, or would the strength gas that Dr. Poison gives him work on anybody?
2: Well, there was a very far-fetched, I thought, theory online that the strength gas could be a sort of precursor way, way back years ago to the gas that then empowers Bane later on, who we mm. know is being talked about again for future Batman adventures. I think that's, let me uh, say this nicely, like reading way too much into it. But there is that theory out there that it could be in some way related.
0: Uh, Neil Parks, 13, if the island was so protected, how come Steve and all the Germans stumbled across it so easily? I think it's just law of averages and the world has changed and there are uh, are planes and people fly planes more easily and there he goes. It
2: may also be related to Diana's first use of her power, which happened just before that. So, which would make Hippolyta right about worrying that Diana's power would bring Ares quicker.
0: So when he was flying in a completely different.
2: No, he was direction. like flying in the area, but he would have been fine. He would have gone around it, but because of her power that weakened the barrier. Uh huh. And then that's when he crashed through.
0: Interesting. Also interesting that we meet him flying a plane, and he ends the film flying a plane. Oh yeah. Uh, both, I guess, with altruistic purposes, but clearly one is a suicide mission and one isn't. Um, at least he's trying not to not to uh, kill himself at the beginning. Uh shows a growth of character, I would say. Uh, Giuseppe, Giuseppe Deluxe, do you think all the other gods are really dead? Uh, possibly not.
2: They could be like just away somewhere.
0: Okay. I, I think <laughs> it's just a case of muddying
3: the mythology, isn't it? I mean, the DCEU is... Exp- problematic enough as it is with all these intertwining backstories I think if you introduce the entire Grecian pantheon you've kind of got a problem
2: yeah I think that's probably fair
3: I think Zeus is dead Ares is in and now Ares is gone right God's I'm, reset I'm just saying they're on. in
2: like the sin bin and you could pull one out if you need to but you probably won't no yeah
0: and then the very last question uh, comes from Siobhan underscore AM and asks on the subject of Wonder Woman uh, could you and Helen explain with small words what you liked about this movie because I didn't get it I was so ready to like it um, and essentially Diana is a I'll, I'll read out the excerpts Diana is a superpowered toddler no um, everything went sharply downhill left the left Themyscira no everyone she met was a stereotype no one dimensional no it might even be worse than Thor come on Siobhan hey. oh. come on oh. come oh. on oh. Thor is excellent yes <laughs> Um, small words I mean I just thought it was fantastic and stirring and heroic and romantic and I I and funny as well and moving unexpectedly moving for me um i thought they were great together uh, Gado and Pine i thought the other characters around them uh were were not the stereotypes that i thought that we would see in a movie like this and uh, it it really surprised the hell out of me
2: it was super charming i thought basically all all the, all, the, all that you said and then just that <laughs>
0: Uh, Terry, James' final words on on this this movie:
1: uh, warm and funny, and authentic. And, and we haven't really got into this, but I think you can't understate the importance and significance of this for young female cinema goers to see Wonder Woman, a, a amazing uh, female protagonist, and also the creation of a female filmmaker on screen.
2: Amen.
3: Joyous and charming, I would say. Uh, which for a DC film is actually hang a lot. Um, No, I thought thought it was great. And also, I I think it is only right on this particular podcast and in general that we have talked about the film on its merits as a film and not got hung up on the gendered side of this. And I think one of the biggest problems with the fact this film's been received by a lot of critics is everyone's gone so hung up on the gendered issues here when actually it's just a good superhero film irrespective of gender. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's just loads of fun. I think you just need to accept it for that. It is a great superhero film. It joins a lot of other great superhero films. Um, You know, it is flawed. Primarily, primarily at the end, but it, it's great. Like it.
0: Uh, and I will, I will end with uh, asking Terry very, very quickly your theory that you shared with us briefly in the cab on the way here that Wonder Woman is frozen. Please explain this.
1: Wonder Woman is totally frozen. Uh
0: huh.
1: <gasps> right. So yeah. Well, Steve
0: Rogers is frozen. <laughs> so getting it wrong.
1: Obviously. Everything she touches turns to ice. She's given the gloves by her parents, locked in the room because she's going to... She's told
2: to control, control her, her power, And not
1: use her powers yeah. because it will draw attention, it will put her at risk. Yeah. Okay, and Frozen is essentially a journey of a young woman learning to not just harness but love and appreciate the power within her. And only when she does that can she save the world. And and she does it for
2: love at the end, you're right. Yes. She's, she saves her sister through love.
3: Just to play, devil's advocate. Save the world that she doomed. Let's not let's not miss that point.
1: <laughs> James, James splaining. We came up with this today. James Splaining. James Splaining everywhere.
3: She brought on an eternal winter. It's entirely her own doing. Yes, well, but then
1: she saved the world. And actually, it what that wasn't her fault because if she hadn't been told that her power wasn't safe and that it wasn't something she could explore. She would have been able to control it years yes. ago. Yes.
0: James, you've been Wonder woman explained. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Learn to let it that. go. Let it go, mate. Yeah. Don't, don't hold it back. Don't, <laughs> don't hold it back anymore. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. All right, that is it for our Wonder Woman spoiler special. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If uh, you've any more questions, do send them in via Twitter. Uh, our next spoiler special will be for The Mummy with director Alex Kurtzman uh, talking to Helen, and that one that'll be out on Monday, June twelfth. In the meantime, uh, regular podcast is up every Friday as well. If you don't already listen to that, then please do listen to it and subscribe via iTunes as well. Right, that is it from James. Bye. From Terry. Goodbye. It is goodbye from Helen. Toodle-oo. And it's goodbye from me. I'm off to try and find mascara. Can't even spell a bloody thing, but I will find it. Four stars on TripAdvisor. Thanks for listening.